Lord, our Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege this morning of just witnessing the gospel message proclaimed by our children. Thank you that Jesus Christ did come, that God left heaven and became a baby in a manger. That miracle of grace happened. And that we can have the privilege, Lord, of participating now in the grace of God. The way has been opened for us to come into the very presence of God because of Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for that message. And Lord, we pray as we open your living word to us now, we pray that your spirit would breathe out those words to us and that you would make it alive to us and that you would challenge us where we are in our lives. And at this time of Christmas we would know whether we are ready to meet with the King, the soon-to-be-returning King, or not. Make it clear to everyone sitting in this auditorium this morning, I pray. Soften our hearts before you. And may your Spirit do your work. In the name of Jesus Christ, the all-powerful God, we pray this. Amen. Psalm 75, verse 2, says... When I select an appointed time, it is I who judge with equity. I'll read that again. God speaking. When I select an appointed time, it is I who judge with equity. Oh, come on, Calvin, what's that got to do with Christmas? Well, you see, you and I wake up every day, and subconsciously we start thinking, this will be just another normal day. My alarm clock goes off, I make my cup of coffee, make my wife my cup of tea, her cup of tea, and we just get on with the routine of life. It's going to be another normal day. We think that. And so we sit down to our breakfast, we go off to work, and uh, we start thinking, what do I have to do after work today? Uh, what's on TV tonight? And um, I've got choir practice. And I, I suppose I'd better get on to buying those Christmas presents because I don't want to leave it till the day before Christmas, as I do every year. And, and maybe we should just prepare for that family holiday coming up and not leave that to the last minute. I've got bookings to do. We, we just carry on as if life is just going to happen like that, right? Come on, who's abnormal here? You see, Mary too was just having a normal day. Normal routines. And for her time, she was cleaning the home. She was preparing food for that evening. She was preparing to go to the ladies' home group later for Galilee Baptist. And she was preparing for her upcoming betrothal. Or she was betrothed to Joseph, but her upcoming move to Joseph's home, because she was going to his house. She was getting ready for things. When everything changed, suddenly and forever, The Bible says there was a very specific time, the sixth month of a year, that God sent the angel Gabriel, God sent the angel on a specific mission to a very specific virgin who was going to get pregnant called Mary. We read about that in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 verse 26 to 27. Listen to the specific time here. 
In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee, very specific place, named Nazareth, to a specific person, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. So there can't be any confusion now. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came with a very specific message to her. She was going to be pregnant without Joseph's help. She was going to be pregnant by the work of the Holy Spirit coming on her. And she was going to carry, just think about this now, if you're a, you've just received this message yourself, she was going to carry and give birth to the Son of God. Pardon? She was Jewish. She had learnt about God and the Messiah from a very, very early age already. Her parents would have taught her. I am going to carry and give birth to the Son, the Messiah, the Mashiach of God? How? She realized there were major implications for her life from that point on. She didn't realize all of them. But her life from that very normal day and that very normal moment when everything changed would never be the same again. You see, God had intervened when she least expected. But He had intervened with the knowledge of His full plan of salvation in place. She just didn't know that plan. He did. So was Mary ready? How could you ever be ready for something like that? She knew about the promised Messiah, but now, her involvement, how could she ever really be ready? She needed time to think about this. And she got that time. And when she visited her relative Elizabeth, that we saw so nicely portrayed here this morning, who was pregnant already with a promised forerunner to the Messiah, she had had time to think. And her praise to God just came out of her. And Kate did it so well here this morning, didn't she? Mary's song of praise to the Lord. Luke chapter 1 verse 46 to 55, called the Magnificat in Latin. Song of magnificence to the Lord. My soul will praise the Lord, she said. And so she poured her praises before the Lord. Because she had had time to think about this intervention of God. This appointment she had with God Himself through His angel. You see, God has always dealt with man in rather unexpected ways. Adam. Think about Adam now. We're going right across Scripture. Think about Adam. Adam didn't know about God until that very first breath he took. He was nothing. And then God intervened. And God formed a man out of the dust of the earth. And God breathed breath into his nostrils. And when his eyes opened, Adam knew about God. That was unexpected for him. There'd be no prior warning for Adam. He was nothing. God intervened. Eve, Eve didn't know about God or Adam until God again intervened and created her from Adam's rib. And then suddenly, she knew about God. And, bonus, there was this very attractive guy singing songs of praise to her and reading poetry. Bonus. 
But there'd be no prior warning for Eve. She'd be nothing. Abraham was just going about his normal daily routine in Haran. He just had a major move from the region of Ur. He had to move his flocks, he had to move his family, and it was fairly significant already, him and his father. And then suddenly God spoke to him and told him to emigrate again to an unknown land that God would show him. Him and his whole extended family had to move. And life changed dramatically for Abraham. And it had major implications for all believers who would come after, for the rest of human history. But Abraham had any prior warning from God. God just had an appointment with him and intervened. Was Abraham ready? No, he wasn't. Unexpectedly. Was he obedient? Yes, he was. And look what happened. The rest is history. Let's look at someone else in the New Testament. Andrew the fisherman, Matthew chapter 8. He was just having a normal old fishing day. I wish I could have one of those again. He was busy casting a net into the sea with his family, with his brother, Simon, who would later be called Peter, Petros. And they were just having a normal fishing day on the lake. And then God intervened. This man came walking up to him and he recognized the authority in who this man was. And this man said to him, Andrew, follow me. Was Andrew prepared for that? No. He didn't know this was going to happen. He thought he was fishing. Did he obey? Yes, he did. And the rest is history. The church was built from these men. Saul the Pharisee, Acts chapter 9, verse 1 to 6. He was on the road to Damascus. He was in the middle of a mission to kill more believers of this new way, this heresy, when God had an appointment with him on that very road. He wasn't expecting it. Did he have prior warning? No. He didn't prepare himself for this meeting. God suddenly appeared to him in the bright light that shone down on him and blinded him. Did he know about the Messiah? Yes, he did. He had heard about this teacher who was around, but he thought he was dead. He had heard these rumors, but he thought he was dead. And then suddenly, this Messiah appeared to him in a bright light. His life was changed forever when Jesus changed his name to Paul of Tarsus. He was to be the greatest evangelist who ever lived because God had an appointment with him. The Samaritan woman at the well, John chapter 4, verse 4 to 42. She was drawing a daily water as she had done many times from when she was a little girl, drawing water at that well. And there she was again doing the same old thing, talking to the local ladies maybe. And there was this man sitting there and that was a bit unusual because they weren't supposed to be there. And then this man started speaking to her and she was shocked to know that this man knew everything about her, even the stuff she didn't want him to know. God had an appointment with that Samaritan woman through his son. Was she ready for that appointment? No, she thought it was just another day she was going to draw water. Did she have prior warning? Only what she had heard about this teacher who was drawing great crowds. That's all. But speak to her? He was a Jew. 
But did life change for her? It definitely did. She took the gospel to the rest of the Samaritans. She became the first Samaritan missionary. You see, God works in unexpected ways with mankind. Except for one momentous thing. God prepared mankind for the arrival of His Son. And He put all these signs right throughout history that His Son, Mashiach, the Messiah, would come to this earth and He would make a way back to God from our state of being without God. And so Jesus was expected. God had an appointment with all of mankind throughout uh, through His Son, Jesus Christ. This divinely appointed millisecond in time arrived, which we heard about this morning, when Jesus was born of that specific girl, that Virgin Mary. God's appointment with mankind would change human lives and human history forever, including your life and mine, here in 2018. God had pointed to this very unique appointment throughout human history, right from the time of Genesis through the writings of the prophets. The signposts were there repeatedly. And so you read through the prophecies of Isaiah, Daniel, Jeremiah, Hosea, Ezekiel. You carry on through and you read through and you find those clues and those signposts. The Messiah is coming. Are you ready for Him? Some believe God's Word to them as some believe today. Some pushed it away and didn't believe. They didn't prepare themselves as they do today. And you might be one of those. Some prepared themselves for the Messiah's coming. Think of old Simeon in the temple. Old man. Been serving in the temple. Luke chapter 2 verse 25. He'd been promised he would see the Messiah before he died. And what happened? The Messiah was brought to him as a little baby. And when he saw the Messiah, he knew who it was. And he, he burst out into song of praise to the Lord, saying, Now I can die, Lord. Your promises to me have been fulfilled. Think of old Anna, the 84-year-old prophetess. Every day she'd been prophesying about the Messiah and to be ready. And as she, soon as she saw Jesus, she recognized Him and she proclaimed Him to the rest of Jerusalem that very day. God had had an appointment with old Anna too. You see, God meets old and young. Anyone. He meets with any human. He's no respecter of age. And then when Jesus ascended to heaven, after He'd fulfilled His ministry, and after He'd been crucified, He ascended to heaven after His resurrection from the dead, he said He would return. There's a further ultimate appointment with mankind that is waiting for us. He's fulfilled all the other appointments so far. He will fulfill this very important one. Why? Because God has signposted it also through history. It's really important. It's not going to be unexpected in the moment. It's going to be unexpected when it happens. Because the moment has been prophesied. We just don't know when. It happens. Revelation chapter 22 verse 12 to 14 says this. This is Jesus' words. Behold, I am coming soon, 
bringing my recompense with me, my judgment with me, to repay everyone for what he has done. How will this happen? This is how it will happen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Sorry, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. In other words, I am the Almighty God. Time is in my hands. I will make it happen. It will happen. The signposts have been appointed all around us. Jesus warned us of this coming of the Messiah. Luke chapter 21 verse 10 to 11 says this. This is what Jesus said. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and in various places famines and pestilences and there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. And he carries on in various passages in scripture prophesying. Turn on your television set. I've got a few paintings on my walls that have shifted because of earthquakes. Quite big ones. I've had clocks come off a wall. If you're not awake yet, you better wake up. Things are happening. The signposts are out there. They are being fulfilled. Jesus Christ will appear. Are you ready for that appointment with God? It's going to be an unexpected day. God has had other appointments with you already. Where were some of those? At the moment of your conception, God had an appointment with you. Why? Because at that moment of conception, yes, your parents were involved, but God gave the life. Scientists still can't give life. They never will. God is the source of life. At that moment of life, God had an appointment with every single one of us who is breathing. He created your eternal soul at that moment of conception. You will live forever. Whether you believe in Him or not, you will live forever. And that's why we take such a stand against abortion. Because the human life starts at conception. God creates a soul. And then he had another appointment with you if you're sitting here looking at me because you were born at that very moment when you went through that traumatic experience and suddenly there was this chaos and somehow there was light and confusion and, and then you could breathe. God gave you that first breath. He gave you spiritual life at the moment of your rebirth. If you're a believer here today, if you've entrusted your life to Jesus Christ, it wasn't of your doing. It was His free grace given to you. What is grace? It means His love poured out to you when you didn't deserve it. In actual fact, you were running away from God in rebellion against Him, shaking your fist. What God? I don't believe in Him. But God turned you around and He made you see Him. And then your eyes started coming open. And there came a moment when He gave you spiritual life. You entrusted your life to Him. And then suddenly you could look at life with new eyes. Because you had a new life in you. As I said to someone on Saturday, God gave you a brand new engine in that crummy old car of yours. He gave you rebirth. He gave you spiritual life. Up to then you see you were facing God with a death-filled soul. And if you're an unbeliever here today, 
you still face God with a soul which will live forever. You will live forever. But you'll live forever in torment without God and everything else that goes with that unless God intervenes and has an appointment with you. You need to come to Him while you hear these messages. Come to Him while there's still time. But God has a future definite appointment with every single one of us. Unless Christ first appears, every single one of us will face death. Everyone, without exception. Whether it's a slowly approaching death, or whether it's sudden and instant. Are you ready for that appointment with God? That's the story of Christmas. Christ came to make us ready for that appointment with God. When we see death, and God at the same time. Are you ready for that appointment? You see, the moment you push through death, your appointment with God as your Savior or your Judge is there. It's one of those two. My dear, dear friend Jeremy Hubble was with us last Sunday sitting right there next to Margaret. And he was telling us about how his excitement for going to Auckland this last week, spending time with his son, going sailing. He was ready for his appointment with God. His whole life was a story of being ready for his appointment with God. He had given his life to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was his Lord, without a doubt. But he wasn't ready for that moment when God met with him. That came unexpectedly. He didn't catch the plane. We found him in his home. And in, way, in one way, for me as a pastor... That is the most terrible thing, but also the most beautiful thing. The most terrible thing to find someone without life in them. But the most beautiful thing to realize in that moment of finding them, He's not here. He's with the Lord. Now we must look after His body, yes, with respect, but He's with the Lord. There's hope right in that moment of death. And my prayer for each one of you, it's a cry from my heart, as long as I'm a pastor at this church, as long as you put up with me here, if it is my task to find you as well, Lord, I pray that I will find you, knowing Jesus Christ. Don't put me through the agony of having to bury someone that doesn't know Jesus Christ. I can't do that. Please. If you still do not know Jesus Christ, bow the knee to Him today while there is still time. You see, God has an appointment with you too. The thread of your life is not yet cut. That's why you can see me. But it's growing more thin and brittle every single day. The Lord still calls to you. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 6 to 7. You've heard this verse 
over and over in this pulpit. Listen to it again. Isaiah 55, verse 6 to 7. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. When is He near? While you have breath in your lungs. The moment you breathe your last breath, you can't cry on Him, cry to Him anymore. It's, it's too late. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that the Lord may have compassion on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon you. It doesn't matter what you've done in your life. You can push it all behind you as I said to someone this week who came to the Lord. Put it behind you. Give it to the Lord. He takes it away. The moment you entrust your life to him, it's gone. He will abundantly pardon. That's what our God does because He loves us as human beings. Why would you not come? There's only one reason. Because you are bigger in your own eyes than God is. And you are Lord of your own life. And there's someone else controlling you. And it's not God. You see, the door of God's undeserved love to you is still open, but you need to hear His voice before death intervenes and your final appointment with God arrives. There is still time. So how do I know whether I'm ready? I I can't make it clearer than putting drawings up here. The Holy Spirit must do the rest now. First drawing. If your life is in this condition, you are not yet ready to... See the Son of God. You're trying to do things your own way. You're trying to fill that hole in your life with good works. You're trying various religions and you might be sitting here because you're trying Christianity now. You might be trying morality. I'm going to try and be a good Kiwi, not murder anyone. Keep to the speed limits. But it doesn't help you. Why? Because your soul is still in a state of rebellion to God. There is that deep divide that cannot be bridged by anything that you do. If you are still like this, if you are Lord of your life, Jesus is not your Lord of your life, you are not yet ready to meet with Jesus Christ. I can't be clearer. And unless God intervenes in your life, you will be in a state of judgment under God. The next picture. See, here's what has to happen. And if you're a believer, you'll recognize this. And if you say you're a believer and you don't recognize this, you need to examine your life. This is the basic gospel message, summed up kind of fairly clearly. You see... Without Jesus Christ in our lives, the wages of our sin is death. There's no hope for us. There's no life for us. There's only certain eternal death to follow. But there comes that moment when Jesus Christ makes you alive to Him, where you've got to entrust your life to Him. He gets into the driving seat of your car, to get back to that analogy. You get into the passenger seat. You go where He goes. He makes the decisions. You ask Him, what are the next decisions, Lord? 
You put yourself under Jesus Christ. You come to believe what God has said in His Word. And it might sound like strange and fairy stories because you haven't been able to study everything in here yet, but if God says so, just believe it. This is His breathed out Word to us. Believe that Jesus Christ can save you. For God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. That's His promise to you. Believe it. And when you've put your trust in Jesus Christ, He is the only way, one who can take your sin on Himself, take it away from you, and that means that you can now face a holy God. Because God looks at His Son, He sees His blood which covers your, your sins. And therefore you can live before God. He doesn't have to judge you completely. It's the only way. And if you're a believer here and you recognize that, you'll say, hallelujah, that's happened in my life. But please, make sure it has. Don't be tricked into thinking you are a Christian when you're not. Has this happened in your life? It's either this or this. There is no third picture, I'm sorry. Where do you stand with the living God this morning? Are you in Christ Jesus? Or outside of Him. That's it. If you need to speak to someone today, if you need to make your life right with the Lord today, then please do. Don't leave it. You're still breathing. You might not be breathing tomorrow. And I'm not trying to be horrific here and push things. That's the reality, as I found out this week. Come to Jesus Christ while there is Still time. You see, God tells us that we have an appointment with Him. He doesn't tell us the time. Are you ready? Let's pray. Lord, as we sit here in this place this morning, there are people here on both sides of this great divide. There are those who know You and have trusted Jesus Christ. And Lord, we praise your holy name and your awesomeness for loving us so much that you saved us. But Lord, we also know that there are people sitting here who definitely don't know you yet. And Lord, I plead for their souls this morning. May the living God meet with them. May he draw them to himself in such a way that they can't refuse coming to you because your love for them is just so overwhelming that they want to entrust their lives to this magnificent Saviour, the one who is called Jesus Christ. Do your work in this place, Lord. Save those who still need to be saved and build your kingdom. And Lord, we know that you are coming soon. Lord, keep us who believe, keep us faithful to you in every aspect of our lives. May we draw our energy from you and your spirit. And may we serve the living Christ until we see that great sign in the sky when Jesus himself appears. Or that moment when we push, push death aside and there is our living Lord in front of us. Thank you, Lord, for that hope to be found in Jesus Christ. Amen.